0: Today is Tuesday, January 30th. The title for our devotional is Jesus, the Cornerstone. (laughs) All right, all right. I I know I can't have a title like that without everyone singing Cornerstone or that running through the back of their mind, so uh, go ahead and give it a listen on your favorite music streaming platform. Otherwise, I've linked you to it at the bottom of the devotional page um, through Spotify. So it's a good song. All right, we're going to continue reading 1 Peter 2. Remember, we're going through 4 through 10. Um, Today, we're going to go through verse 8. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And, quote, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, Peter says, because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. So remember here, Peter has switched metaphors from the family to the temple. Uh, Yesterday we saw the big idea of this passage you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Now he quotes a few Old Testament passages to reinforce this idea. In verse 6, he quotes Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. the text, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In this passage, Isaiah is prophesying against the leaders of Israel. He calls them scoffers and criticizes them for making a covenant with death, most likely referencing an alliance with Egypt, They have made lies their refuge and falsehood their shelter, he says, instead of trusting in God. It's unclear what the stone is in Isaiah's passage, but it is a demarcation line. Isaiah says that God will do something in Israel to establish his people via this stone. Whoever believes in this stone will not be put to shame. Peter links this stone to Jesus. Jesus is the stone in Isaiah's prophecy. In Jesus, then, we find what God has done to save his people. Those who believe in Jesus will not be put to shame, Peter says. The shame from Isaiah's prophecy is the humiliation of being taken captive by a foreign empire, which happens to the people of Israel through uh, the invasion of Assyria. His readers were being shamed by their society, Peter's readers, that is, is, they're being shamed by their society as a way of pressuring them to conform to the religion and common practices of the Roman world. In verse 7, he reminds his readers that this stone means honor for them. So he contrasts the attempts at shame from the culture with the honor that they have in Christ. Jesus, Peter says, is the cornerstone. He links Jesus as the cornerstone from Isaiah's prophecy. The term cornerstone can be either the large stone placed in the corner of a foundation that joins two walls of the foundation together. Uh, it could also be the capstone. That is the middle top piece of an arch. So picture a Roman arch. Uh, that middle top piece right in the center is usually bigger, Uh, that piece holds the whole thing together. Without it, the whole thing crumbles, and whatever is built above it crumbles as well. Either way, uh, the reference is that Jesus is the most important piece of the structure. Uh, He's the one who holds it up. It's the preeminent piece. Without this piece, the whole building will fall apart. So without Jesus, the whole church falls apart. Interestingly, in this passage, there's no hint of Peter thinking of himself as the cornerstone or even a more important stone than anyone else. In fact, later in the letter, he will refer to himself as a fellow elder in chapter 5, verse 1. This would have been a good time for Peter to remind the church of what Jesus told him when he changed his name to Peter, uh, which means rock. In Matthew 16, 18, uh, Jesus says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This lends support to the interpretation that the rock uh, in Matthew 16, 18 was Peter's confession of faith in Jesus, or at the very least, it lends support to the idea that Peter uh, did not view himself as Jesus giving him uh, the authority that the Catholic Church claims that the Pope has today. Peter has already taught that the priesthood of all believers, and now uh, he's teaching that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. He is not the cornerstone of the church. There are a couple of vital uh, applications here that are so important for the church today. Uh, first, Jesus is the only cornerstone, or capstone. I'm going to use capstone. The, one. the center, uh, highest, most prominent piece, and most important piece in the Roman arch that supports everything above it. Uh, without him, the whole thing falls apart. Anything above it crumbles. This means that the church must be so dependent on Christ. We need to abide in him if we are to do anything in ministry, he says in John 15. So often we try to do the work of Christ in our own strength, with our own abilities and intelligence, resourcefulness, and we end up getting outside of what Christ is doing to build his church. We easily lose sight of the way of Christ in an effort to expand the kingdom of Christ. That doesn't work that well. Everything we do in the church must be built upon the capstone of Christ. As believers, secondly, uh, we must also remember that Jesus is the capstone of the church, not a prominent pastor or other church leader or anyone else. Abuse from church leaders has sadly become well-known, Moral failings of prominent, high-profile church leaders has become news fodder. In this environment, we must remember that our faith is built on Jesus. He is the perfectly righteous one. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. So we should always look primarily to him as the capstone of the church and to put our trust fully in him. For reflection time today, uh, commit to Christ being the one through whom all of your worship is acceptable to God. Uh, He is the one through whom our work for God is effective. It must be built on Him and no one else. Abide in Him for your structural support in life and in ministry. Commit to then also putting your hope fully in Jesus and no other leader. They can help guide you towards Christ, but that is the ultimate goal. It's Christ. He is the preeminent one. He is the one our faith is built on. Don't give another leader influence uh, over Christ in your life and in your spiritual formation.